0: feelings for Kira.
1: You're wrong! I'm not!
0: (gasps) You might have felt differently
2: at the beginning, but he was a good person.
0: And that's why. Because,
1: because that's the way he was. You're wrong! You're wrong! You're wrong!
0: Why are you staring at me? You afraid of me? find me unusual? Relax, will you? I couldn't be any more tied up. But what
1: I want to know is, why are you crying again? Maybe your good-for-nothing natural boyfriend went and died on you or something. What's wrong with you? Damn!
2: Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best and only, as far as I'm aware,
1: Gundam Seed episode-by-episode episode podcast. My name is Jeremy. I thought you were going to say onlyest episode
0: episode-by-episode podcast. I'm, I'm Tyler. <laughs> Not by the time this actually releases. My name is Zach. Hey, maybe soon, TM.
1: <laughs> Coming soon,
0: TM. Uh, They're uh, watching
2: episode 32, In the Promised Land. I actually really like this title. It has multiple meanings, I feel.
1: Because I got none of them out of this. Well, except Kira being in Lackey's backyard, yeah. which is clearly the promised land. Kira
2: is in literal heaven. I don't mean literal as in metaphorical, like people use it wrong. I mean he has died and is in heaven. Um, I hate that. You think he should have gone to hell for all the people he
0: killed? No, I think he just should be dead.
1: Well, clearly he should have at least gone to purgatory to work off his sins for killing Nickel, or at the, the very least,
0: explained why the
1: son of a bitch is alive. Where's the ar-
2: the archangel has made it to Joshua, where they've been trying to get this entire time.
1: Although it's just uh. (laughs) Josh-a. It
2: is Josh-a. You're right.
1: But in the dub, they call it Joshua.
0: For whatever reason, I was expecting you to say Jabra, and I'm like, that's not right. (laughs) Where is Jabra? South America. Okay. Deliberately vague, but South America. Gotcha.
1: Welcome to deliberately vague South America. Our national dish is something with
0: shrimp.
2: (laughs) I don't think we actually ever know because it's top secret, and they kind of portray that, but Char finds out.
0: Welcome to deliberately vague. Our special is confidential. It doesn't really work for Atherne. I guess he gets to go back home. We find out, but well, the promised
1: land is in Crusade's presence. No, he admires. No, him. <laughs> he
2: ain't
0: no Mulaflaga. He tries this episode.
1: Kind, I, I can't help but seeing still... everything he does in a manipulative cast. <laughs> he's
0: still dickish Mulaflaga even if he's trying to be Laflaga. Oh,
1: he's, he's super still too manipulative, much of a dick.
0: But he's trying to be manipulative by being a cool older brother. Instead of just being a cool older brother character.
1: Yeah, Sam, I think the problem is we've all seen him in the not cool older brother light. I think Athrin's seen him in the not cool older brother light too much for this to
0: really work on Athrin. Actually but... I think Athrin's just too depressed right now, so he doesn't it doesn't work.
1: Yeah, maybe he just doesn't care. That's true. I really like his uh face as he's just sitting there having flashbacks, but we'll yeah. get there. There's a lot of Athranks in this episode. I love it. I survive off of the athrinks that the show there, produces. There's some cure angst since,
2: spoiler, at the end of the last episode, we found out he's still alive. <laughs> God damn it.
1: But what cut his head off? Just a flesh wound.
0: <laughs> I just, I, I, I keep, I'm, I'm staring straight at the still image in my brain just filled in with, uh, man, I shouldn't have eaten that burrito. <laughs> <laughs> That's what
1: I think every time I see any still. Will last more than about three seconds in this show. Because I try to project what they're feeling based on that, but it usually is not what they're actually going for. (laughs) So is there anything we
2: want to talk about before we start? Zach, do you want to get your rant about Kira's survival out of the way now? Because it does feel like it might be better placed not in the middle of the episode,
0: but if you want to wait for later... No, I think we can get it off my off the chest. That'll probably come up a couple of times. I hate the fact that Kira... It's more of the fact that I hate that Kira's survival is never actually explained. Like, there's so many small things I could have done, and I would have accepted it a it lot is, more easily. It is the worst deus ex machina of a character's survival of any series I, I've ever seen, it's and actually, that's a lot.
1: It's deus ex metaphorical plant. He has the seed, Zach. That's all
0: the explanation you need. It doesn't matter. He's he's Jesus,
1: Zach.
2: (laughs) There are some no prize explanations I can give for this, but none of them are extremely exciting and they don't really get to the root of the problem. The manga kind of explains it, but not really. For the longest time, I read there was a manga explanation, and I was like, oh, I'm really curious about what that uh, is, but never actually read the manga. And when I did, it was... Disappointing?
0: <laughs> not even disappointing. It's just like, no, this, this is an explanation in the same way they explained it in the show, and that they <laughs> didn't. <laughs> like Tyler alluded to, there's so many little things. They could have had the strike be grabbed from behind, not in front, explaining how he got vaulted from the cockpit and not, you know, blasted into a billion tiny bits. Or you know, not grab. It's primarily the fact that it's grabbed from the front, and there's no ejection system on the strike. And And there's a hole there to crawl through. It's not. There's. I mean, so many small changes. It would be small or large enough for him to crawl through, but not in time to get clear. So he's dead from the concussion of the blast. He's dead from the fire of the blast, and he's dead from any shrapnel from the blast. Well,
1: none of this appears to matter because it looks like he just teleported into space. So, what are your thoughts on this, critically, Tyler? As a literary device, I'm a little disappointed because I hope they took the route of killing the off the protagonist because that would have been unexpected and kind of neat. Because the
2: If like, they Game of Thrones it.
1: Yeah, if they Game of Thrones it, I would have been very pleased with that. Um, as it is, I'm kind of eh on it, like, explanation they gave is not satisfying, but I don't know that it's particularly relevant to the story, so.
2: Yeah, I agree with everything Zach says, but it doesn't bug me really at all, and even all the things he's saying about little changes they could make so that it's more plausible, I actually really like that it's completely implausible and there should be no way he survived.
0: I mean, It's not implausible. It's impossible. Okay. There's a difference. I like that, to be honest.
1: Yeah, so we talked about this for a while after we watched the last episode. Zach even suggested trying to bring it up to film theory and say, like, is there any p- feasible way? But really, my problem is he teleported into space. I'm willing to say he teleported before it blew up, so <laughs> he was
2: brought there, and that is actually the thing that's explained in the manga.
1: He was brought there by yeah. whom?
0: By the, the Reverend. Reverend.
2: How he went? Well, he yes. was on Earth because we saw that. Is he magic? No, he flew there. He t- he. <laughs>
0: yes, he, he flapped his wings and flew there he took no stick. he's not magic he flew there well he, he uses
1: th- we talked about this earlier he uses uh, level 2 cleric powers at, at friendship with animals to uh, Disney princess fly him to where he was needed
2: he's a like envoy or ambassador he brought the terms of peace that are discussed in this episode to Lacus's dad
1: who brings them to the council so did Kira actually survive the explosion and not teleport magically yes I'm way more disappointed
0: with that. (laughs) Yeah, see, that's where my, the the thing I absolutely can't stand because this is a series that's ostensibly grounded in a good sense of reality, and the fact that Kira magically survives the blast (laughs) really, really pisses me off. I have
1: a different theory. The the Aegis, that's the name. Aegis. The Aegis, Aegis, I don't know, it's the A-E sound. I thought it
0: was an E, it came out to be like an E sound.
1: It's Aegis is how they pronounce it in the dub. For better
0: or worse. I don't right. know how the
2: shield is pronounced, but we'll say this Gundam is the Aegis.
1: Okay. So, different theory. The Aegis is actually made out of flash paper. <laughs> so, the explosion was not nearly as hot as it looked like it should be. <laughs> My no-price answer is basically, we've seen Kira
2: survive re-entry in a cockpit, yes, but the doctor even talked about how he Probably can, shouldn't have. Yeah, how he can survive much greater heat and punishment than a real human
1: can so they engineered him to be a luke cage and not a captain yeah America.
2: basically like i said it's not a satisfying explanation It doesn't get to the root of the problem which is they don't explain it but at the end of the day i don't really care because this is basically strike one the series has posed against my suspension of disbelief by the time we get to destiny we will hit strike seven and, <laughs> I will be, and similar things to this will bother me but here they've done it once and i feel like they are allowed one
0: i really i give them two I don't really even think you do it once. You need to explain why they're not dead. That needs an explanation. This I... is
1: important. Details. They are important. Yeah, I don't think this is a particularly important one because it's slightly—it's not salient to the plot, in my opinion. Yeah, It's annoying, but like I've said before, I actually
2: really like thematically that Kira has died and has somehow survived.
1: Yes, and I'm just willing to write it off as lazy writing. They didn't think it through. So
0: Yeah, it's lazy writing, but given how, given how good a lot of the other stuff in the series is, the fact that they just kind of glossed over it and phoned it in annoys the hell
2: out of me. All right, I'm sure you'll have more to say on it as the episode goes, but I think we've basically set our pieces on that point because I don't want to interrupt the scene where it's not explained because it's kind of would be awkward timing, I think. <laughs> There's okay. not a great point for that speech, so I wanted to get out of the way because I know
0: it's something you feel strongly about. I like, hate Deus Ex Machina, and th- like I said, this is the worst one of any series I've ever watched. So. And I agree, it's
1: mildly annoying, but I'm willing to forgive it if it moves the plot along. So
2: That's my ultimate feeling, too. It's, it's too bad. I wish it was done better. I really do. And I have thought a lot of times about how I would rewrite this particular bit, but I actually like the shuffling of the status quo, and that includes Kira should be dead but is in space.
0: But is in space. Actually, I just recently been reading the Dresden Files again, and I'd point to changes as a great, uh, as a better way to do that. Changing I mean, where the Where he becomes
2: world? a ghost and then Well, it's explained better. as to
0: how he survives getting shot.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think there are ways you could su- explain this, and they just choose not to. And that's too bad. But you can also see this as them sort of setting something up about Kira
1: that comes up later. He's... He's Jesus, literally Jesus. He is Jesus. This is the second coming of Jesus. He is Kira Jesus Yamato. There's a reveal later
2: that I don't think is done very well, but you can see that... uh, them. You can see this as teasing that a little bit. He's the child of a space whale? Yes. He's space... He's space (laughs) Jesus Yamato.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And by extension, Kigali is also the the spawn of a space whale? Space Sentinel.
2: (laughs) And I think if that reveal was done better, you could call this foreshadowing to that. To be fair, they aren't explicitly connected ever, so.
1: Who is the... Horus? No, it's not Horus. It's the guy with a much weirder name. The guy who's like Jesus from Egyptian mythology, but like before Jesus. I don't know which one that is. The son of Isis and dead Osiris, as opposed to living Osiris. I feel like that is I'm Horace. pretty sure
0: that is Horus. Is it Horus. Um, pretty Do they have
1: another child? They have like three, but I'm pretty sure Horus is the one that matters. Yeah, no, they have one where Osiris is dead, Isis has gathered all of his parts, put them back together, has sex with his glued together corpse, and
0: that child, who I guess is Horus? I think I don't know.
2: Egyptian mythology, not my strength.
0: Yeah, m- mine neither. I, I, I used to I know it. a hell of a lot more about it, but it's been so long that I got no idea.
2: I didn't even watch the Tom Cruise Mummy movie. Neither I did anybody else. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't think anyone did. It wasn't Mission Impossible. Although, it could have been Mission... No, you're done. Okay. (laughs) It does tie into that Dracula God
2: of War movie. They're both of the same universe, because they're going to do the Monster
1: Avengers. Dracula and God of War? Oh,
2: no, it was Dracula Untold, which was about Dracula's origin, but it was a God of War movie. Dracula used bats to fight armies. He needed Dracula powers to fight for his life i'm pretty sure he killed god at the end of it
1: i was really hoping it was dracula v kratos the movie i would watch that i would at least watch for the spectacle this is true all right so with that let's
2: go ahead and start episode 32 in the promised land you can watch this on youtube where it's labeled as episode 30 or hulu or crunchyroll or maybe somewhere else On DVD, if you (laughs) bought it long ago and for some reason didn't start watching it until this podcast came out. On Toonami, if you happen to live in 2004 and are time
1: displaced. You lucky people. There are so many things you haven't seen. On the other hand, you still have to live in the age of crunk, so I guess I'm sorry. Age of crunk?
2: It's a musical genre? -genre?
1: subgenre, Semi-genre? It's like hip-hop without rhythm or tone. It's bad. (laughs) Do you remember
2: Milkshakes? No, oh, it, it's imagine rap. Now take out all the parts that someone not you might like about rap. There are certain raps I like, like but, th- okay, th- thoughtful
1: lyrics, expertly timed enunciation. Now imagine hip. Now imagine hip hop without any smooth background music or any of the R and B roots, and that's crook. It's the a combination of these to two things. It was not popular for very long. I think for reasons that are now evident. So yeah, episode thirty two. The Age of Crunk.
2: We start with a complete last time on Gundam Seed. That thing we say they
1: rarely do, but they actually do maybe a third of the time. It's weird because they didn't do it a lot at first, and so I just kind of assumed they wouldn't, and then they started doing it more. It's
0: kind of an arc-based thing. Like, when they're in the middle of an arc, they really don't do the uh, last time on, but when they're in between, like they currently kind of are, they do like to sum up, especially when they have multiple slow episodes in a row, they really do like to sum things up. So, I have a question,
1: based on this recap. Kakali gives Athrun her stone. She calls it the stone of Hamiya or something. Is that name ever relevant?
2: There are a couple things, and Reverend Melchior is like this too, where I really get the feeling that a series bible, where this was all detailed, and that never got into the series, I'm pretty sure that's just a god. I'm pretty sure that, okay. or people just worship Haumea. or it's probably more a Japanese thing, it's a specific kami. It's never really gone into detail. Other than that, it's like Amulets of Halmea are, like, protective items, or at least religiously seen that
1: way. Okay. I will buy that. I was just wondering if it was, like, ever expanded upon or something, or if, like, it was a cultural thing, or... Not It's implied
2: to be a cultural thing, but we don't really hear much about it. So, if for some reason you're listening to this episode of the podcast first, why? Go back. (laughs) There's gonna be a cool one to start with soon, but it's not this one. Kira... And Atherin nearly killed each other. Kira should have died. They we both lived. They've traded female supporting characters and now Kira is in space with Atherin's fiance. Atherin was down on earth with Kira's totally not sister. She gave him a sweet protective amulet and turned him back over to his military. So, and Isaac was very sundary at him.
1: <laughs> oh yeah so the, awesome i forgot I, I, about that scene. i don't know why
0: i never really thought about it but yeah atherin or not atherin lax is like first dress collar totally looks like the cone of shame it really does i was thinking about the the description you just gave does that make atherin
1: harrison ford
2: of of the uh star- if they're star wars yeah luke- kira is luke kira is mark hamill he's the joker um <laughs> the thing is Lackis doesn't nap right yeah no
1: she does not
0: well, Lax she's is totally Monica. chewy.
2: Lackus <laughs> is Mara Jade.
1: <laughs> Probably a better analog, but she has seen net with Athrin, And if Kigali's is obviously Leia and Athrin's obviously Harrison Ford.
2: then clearly <laughs> like it's Leia and Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, that great character from Star Wars everybody loves. <laughs>
1: yeah uh, I say Indiana Jones and Star Wars are actually canonically the same for, universe. For the record, would watch a spinoff where Atherin went raiding tombs for museums. <laughs> I'm not sure I would watch a spinoff where Atherin does it. He doesn't seem like a quippy sort that would be good for it. I would lo- watch Kigali or Lackis do it, though. Because oh,
2: Kigali and Lackis, please. <laughs> I'm not sure be... which of them is Oracle and the chair. <laughs> Maybe they trade great. off. great.
1: <laughs> Either one of those combinations, I think, would just be a phenomenal... Like it would have to be a mini series. I don't think you could keep it running very long, but I'd watch it. So after the intro, we get some
2: shots of a plane and the Archangel is being guided into Alaska, specifically the Joshua Base. Finally, they made it to Totally Notchaburrow.
1: I was going to call that plane that we have the opening shot on the Archangel after the uh, helicarrier. I guess it's just the Shield helicarrier. huh? Yeah, they, mm-hmm. don't, they don't they don't have, have a name for it.
2: Uh, individual helicarriers have names, but. It's like ships have names, so there's not a particular one.
1: Yeah, it is a shield pellet killer, which is the U shield shield. The Valkyrie (laughs) or whatever. Okay.
2: We cut to the crew of the Archangel who all look exhausted, and I really like this. There's this great shot of Psy with his glasses off and his arm over his head. Moo just looks absolutely depressed.
0: The mechanics look exhausted. Flay and Millie look suicidal. Well, the, the mechanics kind of look, both exhausted and, like, mood, depressed. Like, they did lose a, a pretty significant member of the crew. Yeah,
1: the other Skygrasper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to be fair, Murdoch thought he had a cool relationship with Kira. We kind of did, but, like, the whole crew knew who he was and was familiar with him because it's real hard to not be familiar with somebody in close quarters like that. And he did his own maintenance to a degree. He did all his software maintenance
2: anyway. So the Archangel enters a a cool secret waterfall, and we get a council of military dudes who are talking on this brightly lit table in the shadow room. One of them's like, hey, do you think that Halberton guy who hasn't shown up because he's been dead protected the Archangel with his force of will? And one of them is like, I don't believe in that anime bullshit. This young (laughs) coordinator protected it.
0: I kind of like that idea, because that's always, do you think that happened? Yes, it must have been his will protecting it. No, this guy with the Gundam and a lot of guns protected it. Not 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 some nebulous force of will.
1: And some guy with an amazingly wide head who is mostly in shadow says, don't be so sure about your logic. But
2: And then he goes on to say, but the fact that the strike in the pilot went MIA, it certainly is fortunate, don't you think? And then it's like, we should be using our cool Gundams for us. We should definitely not let coordinators do it. It's a good thing we built more Gundams that definitely won't be stolen and that we'll get to use for real this time. Let me take a look at them now. And then he pulls up the schematics for the three Gundams we've seen in the intro, but not the series yet. The Calamity, Forbidden, and Raider.
1: I was going to call the Forbidden the Turtle. Obviously, one of them's the Turkey.
2: Oh, I wonder if they have a weight
0: on there. I think they do. I know that's available on the Gundam wiki, so it's got to be somewhere. I'm just curious. I think it's on there, because there was something on there that was unknown, but I don't think it was the weight.
1: I just noticed that the Raider is marked as GATX370. Does that mean they have a 200 series model somewhere?
2: You would think the 200 series would be like a toy or something, but no. They have a 100 series. They have a 300 series. As far as I'm aware, there is no mention of a 200 series. Huh. Unless the mass production suits they are a 200 be, model, but that, I don't that's think That's what they I was going to suggest. The Daggers
0: might be. I that makes a lot of sense. I don't think they are,
2: but I don't know the Dagger, which I guess, spoiler, is the name of their mass production suit. I don't know what its produ- uh, production number is. It is a GAT series, though, so it might be two something.
1: Although, no, it's a gat zero one. GAT-01. It doesn't even get a 100 or a 100's uh, place series number.
2: Well, I guess that makes sense. So yeah, as far as I'm aware, there is no 200 series. There must be one in production somewhere, but you think they would have made toys of it,
1: at the very least. Because that's pretty much what the show is about, although there's a lot of stuff around those toys. So. One
0: hell of a long toy commercial?
2: There are a lot of toy model mass production suits for Gundam C that don't show up in the series. In particular, there's mass production versions of all of the original five Gundams. Huh.
0: I really? thought you said there weren't any dual daggers.
2: No, there is a dual dagger. I don't think there's a blitz,
1: actually. There's a buster, there's an aegis, and there is a strike. Do they call them and all the daggers? Yes. Why? Is that ever explained? It's just a cool name. Okay. <laughs> Daga.
2: So one of them was like, hey, what did you tell Asriel? I am like, ah, I told him we fixed the problem. He doesn't have a menacing
1: name or anything. Yeah, I was going to say, that's an oddly specific name, especially for a organization that made the Archangel which actually is not spelled with an H, so it actually means an angel that is a degree <laughs> on a circle.
2: It's actually it was going to be the archangel, but <laughs> someone thought
0: angel sounded cooler. Someone misspelled it. Actually, well, it's That is a way better angle. joke, it, by the way. It's spelled archangel.
1: No, it wasn't on there. So they spell it that way in the subtitles, but they didn't when they were looking at the schematics for it.
0: That is correct. Mm, so it's just a typo somewhere? Yeah,
1: it's a typo in the subtitles. It's a obviously.
0: typo in Japanese people who don't speak English.
1: I prefer the Archangel.
2: So this uh, shadowy cabal ends their meeting with, for the preservation of our blue and pure world. You know, like military people say.
1: So obviously the Earth Force's military has been run by the blue terrorist group whose name I can't really remember. Blue Cosmos. Ah, yeah, there we go.
2: So the Archangel is like, hey, Captain Sutherland says, good job. Stay on standby until you're debriefed. Oh, apparently the Forbidden's a 200 series. Oh, huh. Are the Raider and Calamity... Both 300? I don't know. I don't Maybe look. just the Raiders
0: 300. It is the only one with a variable transformation thing yes. on it. So.
2: We cut from there back to Zaf's Carpentaria base where we just see a whole bunch of mobile suits. We see a Zeno. We see some light blue gins in the background. We see a Zoot for the first time since Walt Felt said, what the hell am I supposed to do with these? <laughs> <laughs> we see a really cool looking blue gin that seems like it's going to be important later but never shows
0: up in the series again. And we see Izak looking sadly at the duel as it's repaired. <laughs> the last mech standing because he takes so many smoke breaks.
2: Well, you know, when you gotta have it. We then cut to Athrankst in the hospital, staring out the window, being angsty.
1: And or really wishing he had a chili burrito.
2: <laughs> we get a flashback to Kira killing Nickel, one of many will get this episode, and it
0: looks real bad in the edited version. Uh, he's just got some fantastically good painkillers. That seems like Or that,
1: yeah. Um, I actually really like the juxtaposition of how still his face is, and we keep seeing this same face over and over, but obviously there's a lot going on inside his head.
0: Yeah,
2: he looks dead. He we- looks like he just doesn't care while all this motion is going on in his flashbacks.
0: Yeah, we get a sh- we get a flashback of him uh, taking out Kira, then a shot of uh, Kigali pointing a gun at him. And he just looks dead to it
2: all. He looks numb. He's an anti-Kigali. Like he is fan, under-emoting.
0: Fantastic painkillers.
2: And Le Creuset is like, hey, I hope you're not naked because I'm coming in, bro. Frat Le Creuset would be best Le Creuset, I think.
0: <laughs> frat Le Creuset. If
1: we ever make a Gundam, bridge, or a Gundam abridged, definitely Le Frat, is frat is Le, Le Crusade. Frat, yes. frat bro, dude, I brought the beer.
2: I've gone through about seven different versions of
1: abridged Lacus in my head. <laughs> I feel like he'd almost have to play her straight, or maybe just super naive.
2: I've gone sex-hungry. Threesome organizer Lachis.
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I can see that, actually.
2: There's an image I have to share with you that will make sense once you've seen the entire series that I think is also a good direction for her. It's warmonger Lachis. Ah. So Rao comes in and is like, hey, you don't have to get up.
1: And holds his hand out for an awkwardly long period of time. And Aethern's like, sorry, I'm so depressing. Ugh. And Ruka's like, no, you killed dudes. Good job. That's your job. Literally, that's your job. Well
2: done. Well done, son guy. Well, you're not my son, but. But
1: I'm your surrogate father.
2: He's like, actually, he tries to be Moo here. And I actually do like this scene where he's like, actually, I should be apologizing for you since I couldn't really help. And, you know, our entire team died, basically. Ezak doesn't count.
1: (laughs) He really doesn't.
2: (laughs) But that just explains how strong the enemy your friend was. And that actually gets a reaction out of.
1: Atherne for the first
2: time. which And gets- then
1: Crusade gets like an evil smirk. Correct,
2: crusade's
0: Heath Ledger all of a sudden. Yes, I got him now. He's like, well,
1: I'm going to keep poking that wound. Let me mention a bunch of people who are dead. Yeah, it's like, Nickel,
2: Miguel, Commander Walfelt, Beardo. Captain Beardo. <laughs> they all time, Command, Commander Morrison. Who? Rusty. No, wait, he didn't kill Rusty. And we actually get some shots of Nickel's mom crying over his piano here. Which seems kind of
1: random, but I like it.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty it, it's a decent enough scene. But we didn't but get a shot
1: of Rusty's mom crying.
0: Yeah, because Rusty did not have a face. You think he
1: had a mother? <laughs> Rusty was a name, nothing more. Is Rusty more or less of a character than Cuzzy?
2: Like we've talked about their <laughs> foils. Cuzzy has personality, we just don't like it, right? Yeah, because not know that he
0: does. Cuzzy certainly <laughs> is a character because Cuzzy does foil with Rusty, because Cuzzy's still alive, <laughs> Rusty's dead. That's the foil. I was going to say, Kuzi is actually just a
1: plastiform monstrosity that climbed out of a pool. Well, Crusade goes on to say, since
2: you are the only guy who could shoot him and he killed a whole bunch of named characters, you've been decided to be awarded the Order of the Nebula, which we get from Athern actually reacting to, this is actually a pretty big reward.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of have always thought of it as being like the Medal of Honor, which always this strikes me as you killed one dude after a really long time and a lot of tries, you got one guy, to so be fair. Here's this Medal of Honor, and we're going to promote you to Special Forces because reasons. Pilots who survived more than
1: one dogfight in World War II were pretty highly lauded, right?
0: No. Not really. No.
2: Yeah, three kills made you an ace. Five kills.
1: Also, this is the only mobile suit the Earth Forces have, and he took it out. It's a major blow for ZAFT, who only wants peace, guys. We really only want peace, we swear. I mean, it it is a little main character focused, but I kind of buy it. And especially if you want to read it as nepotism, because as we're about to find out, his dad is totally president And I definitely read it as nepotism. Although, only a little bit. Obviously, he did something to earn it. Maybe not enough, but something. He's done more than any other character, right? That's true. Rolfelt stepped on a bunch of jeeps. (laughs) And then is like, hey, by the way, you're being transferred to Special Forces. Your tactical mech is in the mail.
2: It's like, you will now be reporting directly to your dad, basically. And you have got to go home, because they're going to give you a cool new mech. Because your old, your current one is blown up. And here, let's take a look at it.
1: Try not to use self-destruct as your first mode of attack on this one.
2: Yeah, and we got our first shot of the justice, though we don't know what that's what it is yet, and it's empowered down mode. I guess our first shot not counting the opening and ending. So now we finally get confirmation that Atherin's dad, Patrick Zala, is in fact president, and we get a ceremony of like passing of power.
1: And, quote, pressing for a quick end to this war. Which basically means overwhelming force.
2: And Crusade's like, I need, I want you to do everything you can to help bring that Athern. Tyler, trying to the, be
1: a
0: cool big brother. That's the best kind of force. Overwhelming? Yes.
1: I'm under the impression that uh, Crusade is subtly trying to imply that she, he should assassinate his father and the war
0: that way. Well, the other way of looking at it is... You know, you'd never want to be known as the underkill guy. So he's just pointing out that we're giving you an absurdly overpowered unit. Good luck.
1: Actually, historically, yeah, you do want to be known as the underkill guy. It c- tends c- to go so over better. If you kill them too much, they don't have any stuff for you to take.
0: Yeah. I'd still rather not be known as the underkill guy.
1: I mean, I guess in one-on-one combat, you don't want to be the underkill guy, but... So
2: now we cut to space. Space Mountain, specifically. Is this place ever good a name I, I think it does, but I can't remember it. And we get to the Klein estate where uh Kiro looks like he's just had some real good drugs while he's
0: lying in bed. And he's like, where am I, man? I, was- I, I don't get, like, Lacus is... Don't you recognize this place? Why would he recognize it? It's not like he's ever been here before. Oh,
1: yeah, but the audience has. And as we've seen, Kira breaks the fourth wall sometimes by reacting to Nichol's death.
2: (laughs) My reading of this is that he's been awake before, but he hasn't been lucid. That would make some sense.
1: It's an odd way to phrase that, but...
2: And also, this might be him waking up for the second time, and the it might not be directly continuous from the from the last, last episode.
1: Yeah, I would mm. buy
2: that. And he's like, oh, Lakis-sama. And she's like, oh, no, we don't need amorifics, Kira, even though I keep calling you Mr. Yamato until right now. But I actually do really like this scene. Lack is, is kind of school-girly here, but I like it. And then Reverend Malkio shows up to try to be important to this series. Like I was saying earlier, Reverend Melchio really strikes me as a character they had a lot of backstory written for,
0: but that he'd never actually get into the series. Yeah,
2: he comes off as very plot devicey. There is no explanation for Kira surviving, but Reverend
1: Melchio is the closest we get. Oh man, and his explanation—he has the seed.
2: It's like, hey, is he up yet? He's like. Lachis be crazy. She thought it would be cool if your bed was outside, but really nothing is outside because we're in a space colony. It's all
1: climate controlled anyway. Alexis is like, but there's sunshine, artificial sunshine, but it's sunshine. I can't disagree, frankly. Yeah, it seems like in a perfectly climate controlled environment
2: like
0: this colony must be that this is fine. You were lying injured in my prayer garden, also (laughs) known as the road. The dirt
1: road in front of the, I guess, church school thing?
2: (laughs) So yeah, Kira's like, what, how, how I get here? Me, I'm no teleport. And yeah, Melky's like, yeah, you are, you are in the street in front of my, I mean, my prayer garden.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My kids were poking you with a stick. And then you moved. And presumably, and somehow also missing his helmet. That is explained in the manga. Someone (laughs) took it off. And then Kira starts having flashbacks, like it's and actually, hyperventilating. I it's actually, actually really like nice. That. I I do like it as well. My my is going back to that, my biggest beef is his survival. It's not how they treat the survival later on. Yeah, him going full PTSD
2: here and starting to cry. Like it, I really like it. It really hits me because I had a fight with a very close friend in middle school, and this is basically how I reacted to it as well. So, anyway, we get lots of saving foot, we get lots of footage saving flashbacks, just like with the Atherin before, to the fight. And Kira's hyperventilating, can't complete his sentences, is breaking out into full bullet sweat. And Lacus is re- clearly concerned for him, which I really like. But then Reverend Malkio's like, hey, he probably has like the seed or something. That's the name of this show, right? That's like an explanation. Yeah,
1: the seed. Roll didn't credits. Erica- didn't Erica Simmons say seed something theory? I'm pretty sure he just rolled a bluff check and rolled, like, a 12? Uh, The problem with this is he specifically says, and this might just be the uh, subtitles, you're the man who contains the seed. But we've seen that Atherin also does.
2: In the dub, he says a man. Okay. Or maybe even a person. And we'll see multiple characters have it. Although, what that is even is not really... It's not really ever explained. I mean, I'm fine with it just as a, this is how this person is so much better than everyone else. And it's a cool visual power-up. Like, that's why I compare it to going Super Saiyan. Well, I mean, it's fun-
1: functionally no different than new typing.
2: Yeah, it's so. just that they really half-ass explaining it, whereas new typing is... New types are a pretty important bit to the story in Gundam, the original series. Here, like, they almost forget about the seed stuff. And it. I think it's just too much with also having coordinators and sort of having new types. Even though I really like it, I think it would have been better if this was just never explained.
0: Yeah, I agree. i have always regarded it as just a sense of focus than anything else they're able to basically focus solely on whatever it is that they're currently doing which is why they can do that yeah and it's just
1: a good visual shorthand for that
0: right yeah you it- don't need to say
2: oh but they're special people and to the show's credit they never really do that this is about the most we get
1: they actually just have a special neural transmitter that mimics ritalin and they can produce it on command there's got to be something around here i can hit him with
2: we actually get some budget going to lacus's face for a change to have her <laughs> reacting to Kira's PTSD freak out.
1: Given how many bad lack of shots we've had, I think it's about time.
2: Yeah, her face kind of develops to what it is in this episode. For the rest of the series, she looks more or less like this, which definitely looks different. Why does the Reverend have a weed leaf on his coat? Because, man, he's a priest. His
1: prayer garden. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And I like even more that Lachis goes to comfort him. It, but it's kind of subtle, especially compared to Flay. She just grabs his hand. And this is where he confesses about his fight with Atherne, which Lachis has the appropriate reaction to, since she knows that guy. But again, this just really reminds me of like a personal experience I have, and it feels very similar to the way I reacted. And it's basically, from here, becomes a hurt comfort fic, with Lachis just hu- hugging Kira. And there aren't enough of those in mainstream media. <laughs> But, this is enough emotional crying, so we break it up with a scene of the Plant Supreme Council starting to gather.
1: And also Horos,
2: the real Supreme Council. <laughs> which, uh, helps establish that time has passed when we next cut to Lacus pouring some tea for them. And Malkio's gone to the land of characters who... Seem important, but aren't really. Yes. While well, Lacus stirs his tea for Kira, and he explains what went on. How he killed Nickel and athern killed tall and i kind of defended the change to kira accidentally killing nickel when it happened but here is where it really breaks for me because the show even explicitly says this is a moment where kira chose to kill someone close to athern and athern chose to kill someone close to tall making it an accident kira
1: Uh, to be fair he did kill someone close to tall too
2: he did very close and kira kills someone close to athern but making it so that kira didn't choose that i think doesn't break the scene, but it just lessens the impact. It lessens the development Kira's gonna have, and it makes Atherin look a bit more like a bad guy.
0: Even though I don't think the series portrays him that way. The way they changed it, they changed it from what it was, was kind of a reaction, but still a conscious, a consciousness d- decision. It
1: was a reflex to attack that guy. It was a right?
0: reflex to defend himself with lethal intent that he'd already kind of honed. When they changed it so that Nickel's just an idiot. It really takes away the fact that this is a lethal reaction that Kira had. Yeah, clunky animation aside. And it looks really bad.
2: And the thing is, the show plays it the way it played it in the original series, which is a choice Kira made. And it just sort of lessens the impact just a little bit. I don't actually think it's a huge deal, but we see that shot so many times this episode.
0: (laughs) I hate it. Just so many times, period. And Atherin killed tall. Because it also turns around and takes away the symmetry. We don't get tall's head flying
1: off again, so there's take, that at
0: least. It takes away that symmetry between the conscious decision to kill Nickel and then Atheron's conscious decision to kill Tall. Yeah, and I really wonder why they changed it. Part of me wonders: is it the
2: actually the same reason that Han doesn't shoot first, and it's a rating thing? <laughs>
1: and was that why they changed that?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: PG thirteen didn't exist when Star Wars was made, so it got a PG rating, but. When they, he remade it, they told him he was going to get a PG-13 because Han kills in cold blood. And George Lucas wanted it to maintain its original rating. Han. So he devised the scene where Greedo
0: shoots. That seems like a really weird reason for that, but
1: And okay. the scene
0: is so much better with Han shooting first. It
1: is. It says so much about his character. Namely that he's a duplicitous asshole with a he's heart of... Really,
0: he's not really a duplicitous. He's just quicker to react in lethal manner than anything else.
1: Yeah, I was going to say he had a heart of gold, but it's really more like, a heart of like gold filigree But like tin He gets a heart transplant
0: at some point <laughs> Yeah <laughs> His heart grew three sizes that day
1: So
2: speaking of princesses I actually really like Lacus's reaction to this story Where it looks like she might cry But also she's playing it very Kind of Socratic And then also Kind of
0: forgiving Kira Even though she tried to kill He, yeah. he tried to kill her fiance It's kind of the same way that Kigali plays it at the end of the day Like you both tried to t- kill each other because you're at war with one another and that really sucks but i don't want either of you to die
1: you did what you had to do in the circumstances or what you feel like you had to do in the circumstances and it doesn't
0: really excuse the actions but it explains them
1: and it's actually kind of the same way mu tries to calm
2: kira down too after he kills nickel it's your job
1: yes this is literally your job to kill people
0: well it's his job to protect people but that often also
1: involves the, in p- applying lethal force when necessary. Well,
0: I always have liked, what was it, Churchill from uh, Great Britain? The job of a soldier is not to die for his country, it's to make the other poor bastard die for his.
1: That sounds like a Churchillism. I'm pretty sure it is.
2: But I really like how Socratic Lacus is with this, letting Kira kind of think for himself, whereas Kigali is all about yelling at Atherin, stop being a mopey idiot. Uh, Lacus is a lo- seems a lot more introspective, which is nice cuz we haven't gotten much of her character yet. We've gotten a lot of implication about this, but this
0: gives her a little bit of depth. Lacus is a quieter person in general than Kigali is.
1: Most of her screen time, she's been or per- er, er, acting like a ditzy airhead and then all of a sudden you get a moment of like super like Oh, no. like, well, the
0: ditzy airhead always seemed like a mask to me, whereas the yeah, yeah, quieter, exactly. more introspective individual is who she actually is. Like,
1: the show doesn't want us to think that. It wanted us to think that for about an episode before she pulled out heavy politics on people. Kira's like, man, I really like this gazebo. I should just think about the gazebo for a while.
2: And then we cut to Melchio. like he'll be important. And then He's we got never birds. see him again. We do, just we don't. Then we get the act break.
1: Hey there, everybody. I want to keep this one short and sweet, like a small latte, because the back half of this episode is full of a lot of good stuff, and I want you all to get to it more quickly and not have to suffer through another one of my terrible jokes. Speaking of terrible jokes, I want to shout out to Ryan, the like only person who ever comments on our site, again, for appreciating my stupid space whale joke from last time, because I thought that was really good. I was inordinately proud with that. No particular orders of business, I will point out that Jumpstart Weekly finally got around to doing Yu Yu Show despite having Yusuke in the splash art for that for literally since the show has existed. And in case you're interested in a piece of pretty antiquated video game history, we also talked about Warcraft in the episode of Last Time that went up last week. think that's about it. Now let's get back to teenagers trying to kill each other.
2: So after the act break, we get some shots of Le Creuset preparing the military forces while we get dialogue from the uh, Supreme Council's meeting. And they've been o- brought a peace offering, basically, that is being given to them by former Supreme Councilman Siegel Klein, whose name I couldn't remember there. Lacus's dad, in case you didn't remember. But the... Uh, Council almost entirely wants to shut it down right away. Isaac's mom shows up and she's like, these conditions are ridiculous. It's essentially a surrender agreement.
1: Even though Zaft is clearly winning.
2: Yeah. Seagull's like, hey, we've got to try to go for peace, right?
0: But unfortunately, his argument is falling mostly on deaf ears. We get a couple of shots of the people around the table. And there's one of the councilmen who just has his like his hand over his face like what am I eating for dinner tonight? Like it's it's like he's not he's mentally checked out of the meeting.
1: I actually sympathize with that a lot because I find meetings, especially with more than about three or four people, super draining and I have them all the time. I super sympathize with that posture. <laughs> uh
2: one person though, a woman, we don't really see who, is agreeing with Siegel, but that's about it. Everyone else pretty much is against him. And he gets up and gives this dramatic speech about are are you saying we just rely on our guns from now on? Is that who we're going to be? Patrick shuts him down. He's like, hey, you're out of order. This whole meeting's out of order. Also,
1: I'm president now.
2: And, you know, the people voted for war, so sucks to be a Democrat. This has no bearing on the real world or current political situations at all.
1: Also, like I says, we appreciate your valuable opinions on the matter, which I clearly do not value. At least I will keep up the pre- pretense, though. Also tell that Reverend
2: Melchior guy that he's important. This does at least explain that Malkio is here because he brought the peace
1: accords. He didn't just randomly decide to bring Kira to Lacus's garden. Although, why did he decide to bring him at all? I guess it's because he's a coordinator?
2: That is the thing the manga explains, which is basically that Kira had identification on him, and he has talked to Lachis before because he's been in contact with her dad, and she mentioned him.
1: Okay. And he's like, well, I can't bring, leave him with a bunch of kids who will poke him with sticks.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> I guess- That's the best way to heal, being poked with
1: sticks. It, it bonds you with nature. You know, because sticks. I guess. Kira the Druid. Yes, exactly.
2: (laughs) You know, clerics and druids are natural companions. And they went to go see a bard. (laughs) Well played. (laughs) So we cut to a strategy meeting, or I guess a briefing being held by Le Crusade, where he's showing the Alaska base and talking about how it's designed to withstand even a nuclear attack. And then my keyboard freaks out. But he's like, yeah, but Zaft is totally above nuclear weapons, so that's kind of against the point. But we have to sneak in, so that that, grand, that would be
0: easy. The Grand Poro. Uh that's amazing.
1: And I'm not sure where that's supposed to be on the map, because there's definitely not a landmass where they have it
0: drawn. Yeah, there's just a big blinky red thing in a bunch of circles. Like, this is the most useless briefing map ever made. Unless that's part of Alaska, too. Like, if Alaska...
2: Like, is there, like, a gulf in Alaska? I mean, kind of I'm up north. pretty sure but... it's
0: called the Gulf of Alaska. That I think wouldn't there surprise me. is one, but it's not very big.
1: Also, the still we pause it on makes me think that Crusade's mask hiding his eyebrows makes him look unnaturally happy all the time. He's like some sort of happy bug person.
2: So he's basically like, hey, you random guys, you're going to sneak into Alaska. Also, no matter how strong your urge, don't tell anyone about your adventures until after the war, because it's top secret. You never know where there might be an information
1: leak. Evil smile. If only it was someone I knew. If only it was not me. <laughs>
2: so we cut the Maru who's calling the base again. It she establishes that it's been five days since they got here, and they still haven't had any orders. So Nataral's having a sexy shower.
0: And one of the most random like intercuts ever the series yeah, has ever I had really there's just like a random shot of Nataral taking a shower
1: i like the fact that it shows that she's relaxing because notaro needs some more humanizing moments but also i didn't realize i was in notaro until you it guys just, sh- told me because it's it doesn't just look weird
0: like because like why is it there and then we get a bunch of shots of the wildlife around alaska yeah because sexy whale reasons.
1: Scenes. we get a sexy shower scene and a sexy shower whale
0: it just it doesn't <laughs> make any sense it's a metaphor.
2: I actually like the nature scenery as sort of a contrast to, like, the high-tech space war. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, they're trying to relax, so it's showing relaxed images, but clearly Maru isn't. And she's basically told, ah, you're on standby, bro. I, I heard you had a prisoner, but you're on standby, so whatevs.
1: Which is actually really weird because Maru's able to relax, Nataru's able to relax, but Maru isn't. because she change. was ordered to relax.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, Nataru's relaxing because they ordered her to, whereas Maru isn't relaxing because there's actually still a problem.
1: Moo's drinking, probably. I'm assuming Moo's drinking.
2: We don't actually see any more of Moo this episode other than that one depressed shot. Then we get the Mirelia who is staring at her plate of food, not eating for understandable reasons. Sai basically talks to himself trying to debug the problem. But she's like, well, obviously you're not sleeping and you're not easing. Oh, here's the pressed moo. He's just staring at his sky grasper, Which I actually like that moo is super serious, too. So while they're in the mess hall eating, two uh, mechanics come in and they're like, well, what are we supposed to do? We're like told to repair stuff, but all we have is one skygrasper, which is Millie's trigger word.
1: <laughs> one.
2: <laughs> and me like, yeah, like, eh, we could fix the buster. And they argue about whether or not that's a good idea, since it technically used to be theirs, but they don't have anyone who can pilot it. And if it gets stolen again...
0: And- I actually really like the fact that Sai in this is trying to be the solid. To be fair, I think he kind of needs
1: something to do for himself.
0: It's partly, I think it's partly that, but it's also that Miri is cur is has currently kind of completely and totally broken down because Tall's dead, Kira's gone. And so really, it's only Sai left to try and hold things together, and he's trying.
2: And like I've said before, Sai is kind of the emotional core of this group of friends. He was the protagonist before the series started, and now he's been sort of shifted into this side role. So, like, he's the one most able to. And I really like it. Like I said, Sai isn't Cuzzy. Sai is a cool character, despite just being this kind of background guy who doesn't do much action-wise.
1: So I've had a question this entire time. Why are his glasses orange? Does he need them for eyesight, or does he just really like orange filters?
0: It looks cool. <laughs> okay. Have you ever seen one of the pro gamers? A lot of their glasses actually have that kind of a tint on them. Really? I think you're
1: su-
2: yep. it's supposed. To, I think it's supposed to help with looking at computers. So that There's actually a, it's a glare thing sense. on
0: them.
1: Ah, maybe I should invest in those. Maybe I should look cool. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: can't. So as Sai starts leading Millie to the doctor's office to get her some sleeping pills, they are interrupted by Flay, who looks just kind of tired and desperate. It's a subtle look, but it's nice. And while she's looking at him, Birdie lands on Sai's shoulder. I love that shot so much. And it superimposes Kira over him, and like it's Flay seeing them as the same person for and a it moment. it obviously
1: shocks her a little bit. It's real nice.
2: And then Birdie attacks her. Yet again, all the uh, budget was spent on Flay's face. There was some blackest face budget, but Lacus is gone. Now it is only Flay face. Flace, if you will. I can't believe I didn't make that joke before. <laughs> but as Zach said, Birdie for some reason decides to go after Flay now, and she reacts like it's a random encounter. It just starts <laughs> swatting at it, which annoys Sai because it's kind of childish. And Birdie just flies off to go annoy other people.
1: To be fair, she's emotionally wrought. I can, I would forgive her for acting that way. I would, but not if I was also emotionally rot and
2: tired. That's fair. If Sai was, I think this is showing to show that Sai is actually, despite how he's acting with Millie, is kind of at the end of his rope too. And he says as much later.
0: Yeah, yeah, he actually does tell her that I I can't be the rock for you, Miri, and myself, because Cuzzy sure shit ain't going to do it.
2: Yeah, I gave Cuzzy shit for basically doing this, but like, Sai is actually helping Millie, so I give him a lot of space. And also, he had that super awkward relationship with her.
0: Well, I mean, right now, Sai is kind of putting his own grief and mourning on the back burner in order to help Millie, whose name I keep going back and forth on. That's fine. You know, what is dub and sub? Sai's like, hey, if it's not
2: urgent, just whatever. But she shouts after him, so he's like, Millie, you stay in the doctor's office a moment while I take care of this, and then we'll get the doctor, and I don't know, he'll do something.
1: Yeah, I don't mean, know, he'll give you some morphine. It's fine. Pills solve everything, right? It's the future. So Blew up in a mech? Here,
2: take a pill. We got a pill for that. So Millie wanders in kind of like a zombie and sits down, and doesn't notice that Diarca is tied up in one of the beds behind like a privacy curtain. He's like, hey doc, what's up? Oh, you're not the doc. Hello,
1: nurse. Yeah, you're that, you're that girl I saw crying before. M- wrong person. You're still so crying. Why are you crying? It's probably because your stupid boyfriend died or something. <laughs> That's such an oddly specific choice of words, too. <laughs>
0: He's kind of asking for it. Uh, Diark
1: is an asshole. I love him in the last couple episodes because man, he is so awesome away from yeah, act.
0: Yeah, he got up, he He's like, oh man, I,
2: my personality came back. Now that I'm not just attached to that that boring angry guy.
0: Damn! So this is what it's like to have a personality. So, I need to exercise this bitch. So meanwhile, in the hall, sighs so like, get to the point. And then Flay kind
2: of is you know stuttering and can't really get it out, which I understand. But sigh conversely, is very straight into the point. He's like, Tal's gone. Kira's gone. Everyone's depressed. Meanwhile, we cut to Millie being freaking out because there is a guy in the hospital. So Sai says he's not in any position to comfort her while Flay's face is doing all sorts of nice emoting. And she looks like she's going to cry. She clearly doesn't know what to say, but she needs him to say something. And what he says is, go ask Cuzzy. She's like, I can't. I already tried.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever asked Cuzzy anything? (laughs) It's impossible. (laughs)
0: No, you you can ask him something. It's actually not that hard. Getting him to actually do anything and not suck is what's impossible. So
2: as he's starting to go, Flay gets really desperate and goes to her move, which is to confess feelings, basically. But she goes, to, she says, uh, my feelings are still with you. Judging by the way her relationship with Kira started is almost plausible, since it was sort of a desperation thing for her. At the beginning, she was just manipulating him. And this pisses Sai off. <laughs> yeah, I really love this, like, he he just screams her name, basically. You know, it's like Vegeta. He gives a nice Vegeta, Kakarot, <laughs> but
1: it's Flay!
2: And she's like, hey, you knew you had to know, right? I never had any feelings for him, but this really sets him off. And I really like this reaction, because he's kind of the audience surrogate here, where he she yells, maybe it started that way, but you must have, because, you know, he's so nice.
1: Well, and Kira was kind of his best friend, too.
0: So. Yeah, I mean, like, even though they had the fight earlier, it kind of became clear that didn't really break them up as a unit.
1: I just love how shocked Flay looked. Ah, man, the scene is so great.
2: Yeah, it's really uncomfortable and awkward, but at the same time it's amazing from a teenage drama perspective. And I really like Sai, even the interpretation that Sai is saying this like because he needs to believe it himself, like if it was a fake relationship then his pain was for nothing. But Flay's in denial of it, and she might just be in denial because she doesn't want to feel the pain, and...
1: I super interpret it that way. If she really liked Kira, then all this grief is real. Yeah, because she's definitely been having, like, more and more recently up until Kira's, quote, death, end quote. She's definitely been thinking about him more and more and feeling more and more guilt about sending him out to, like, kill or be killed.
2: Yeah, and, like, she said early on that her goal was for him to die fighting, and she got her wish. She clearly felt bad about it. So we cut the Millie. I'm just going to go with Zach's, And Diarca goes, hey, do I really look that strange and unusual? Are you really that scared of me? Which is kind of more awkward since he's a kind of drawn a different race. I don't think that's intentional. You're just supposed to see him as a weird coordinator. He's just supposed to be an allegory for racism, not actual racism. <laughs>
0: And he asks her why if she's as afraid as she seems to be that she shouldn't be a uh, soldier.
1: But he's I, misinterpreting it as fear. It's not
0: fear. It's, it's not. It's, it's grief. shock, uh, grief, and rage. It's kind of a combination. Which shows he has like a low opinion of naturals, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll, it's a massive cocktail of emotions. That's uh, not good.
2: So Millie spies a shining knife nearby, and we get that extreme close-up of Diarca's face while he goes for the most specific burn ever. What, did your idiot good-for-nothing natural boyfriend die on you or something? Which is basically just him going, stab me, please. I could use a good stabbing. (laughs) Hey, remember that part in the Frieza saga where Krillin was like, hey, uh, where Vegeta was like, hey, Krillin, shoot me so I get stronger after I'm healed? that's me right now <laughs> and she does an amazing stab and her face is like full yandere mode which looks amazing and she just like loses it she's crying she's stabbing he uh falls off the bed we see some uh, wires rip he's got a gash on his head whether it's from the knife or the way he lands it's not really clear but he's bleeding and Sai comes in and we actually have
0: the scene kind of juxtaposed We have Flay yelling, no, you're wrong, at him. So these happened like, back to back. Actually, he, um, the the wires actually go taut. He's tied to the bed. The is tied to the bed. So he actually lands, and he can't go anywhere else.
2: My interpretation of that has always been he was
0: hooked up to something, but I guess you're probably right. Well, it just shows that the wires are going taut, so. And then
1: Flay's super surprised about this. Toll's super surprised about
0: this. Toll's dead. Yeah, Tall is dead. He he would well, be he's, probably he's surprised. surprised about it. Sai, super. Wait, I'm dead. Crap, I misread. I flipped over two pages at once. My bad.
2: So Sai gets Millie in a full Nelson trying to calm her down, and she's still got the knife, by the way. And she, you know, basically gives the basic grief saying of like, Kira and Tall are dead. So why the hell is this guy allowed to be alive in here? We get a nice close up of Diarca reacting to this too, with the blood on his face and everything, and some more great Flay faces
1: of her being shot. Flay's like, I want to kill the guy who killed Frieza and also my dad and also maybe Kira.
2: Yeah, she gets this great flashback to her dad dying, um, which I think is her state of mind because when that happened, she wanted to kill all the coordinators. And I think we're supposed to infer that she's assuming Millie feels that way here. And then she has a whole bunch of flashbacks to Kira as she sees the gun in the doctor's drawer.
0: Yeah. For why is number one? Why is there no guard on yeah. Diarka's room? And number two, why is there a gun in Diarka's room and a knife that doesn't look like a medical knife? Yeah, like. Why are there weapons within easy reach of a prisoner? Like, really, why is it, why aren't there guards posted? This seems so there strange. There should be a guard outside and inside the room, or at the very least inside the room with the prisoner, especially if it's the medical bay. Well, I, there I, should definitely be a guard. I kind of buy there being a gun on this
1: military ship in the doctor's office, though. Yeah, I'll, I'll give them that. But, like, really, a guard, if only to prevent him from escaping, as opposed to people coming in. But either way. So lots of nice flashbacks to basically all the tender moments between Kira and Flay. Or maybe the emotionally tense
2: moments? In yeah, them. but lots of crying. Lots of embracing. Lots of sadness. Lots of play. being sick and getting nice, cool compresses. Too much birdie. <laughs> then cut to Diarca's reaction as he notices the gun that is now pointed at him. It's a very tense scene. Flay is kind of shaking. Like We see a close-up of her hands, and she's completely unsure of herself.
0: So I, I figured it was out of rage. I frankly. actually liked that... The shot of diarca because he's got the expression of, I done fucked up here. I am so boned. Flay gets the amazing line of, coordinators
2: all deserve to die. There's just some great rage faces on her. And Millie gets a reaction. They, they saved one budget for a Millie face.
1: <laughs> one one lacus face, one Millie face. I
2: think Lackus got like three. And it goes slow mo as Play Millie closes her eyes when she
1: pulls the trigger.
0: Yeah, well, I mean that makes sense. It's not like they're w- it's not like they're trained again. Going back to that,
1: and here we see that Millie is in fact Neo. I was going to say a new type. Uh, I just forgot the word for a new type. I was going to call her coordinator, but she's not that.
2: It slows down. Millie dives for it. It's a very very tense scene cause... I was
1: expecting her to be shot. Yeah, so... but she manages to
2: slap the gun out. Up, just a light gets shot out. Uh, all the sh- glass falls on Diarca's face as Millie tackles Flay to the ground.
1: She looks confused, but mostly relieved.
2: She's cr- Millie's crying, and Flay just looks absolutely shocked, and is also crying, and she just looks drained. Just about dead. And then we get to a wide shot of Millie laying on Flay. And Dear being like, well,
1: at least I got something out of this. It's very gifable.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so then the ending theme starts to play, as Maru and Nataral are finally contacted, and
0: basically told, hey, we're going to debrief you tomorrow. Show up. Also bring Moo. Okay, so she's a lieutenant commander. She's not a lieutenant and she's not a captain.
2: And the episode
1: ends with Nataral giving a forlorn-looking Maru a look. Yeah, I'm not sure what that look was supposed to mean. Like, man, do I have a list of things I'm going to tell command about you that are- I got you now, bitch. Slightly against protocol or is that like a sympathetic look or- I think it's 50-50. All right, so what do you think of the episode, Tyler? It's a very emotional one. I liked it a lot, um, if only because it shows a bunch of teenagers dealing with the fallout of what they assume is the death of two of their closest friends.
2: I kind of wonder if you could have saved Kira's death until the end of this episode. Or the reveal that he's still alive, I mean.
1: Yeah. Or I at think least so. until the, um, mid card. I think the tension would have been better for the audience if we thought that was the case the entire time.
2: Yeah, I think that w- I understand them wanting to get it out of the way quickly, but I think preserving the mystery just a little longer would have worked. And I think you could put most of the Kira Lakis stuff
1: in the next episode and have it still work the same way. Although having Kira wake up at the end of last episode for just like, like five second scene was a good what the fuck. So I don't know.
2: And the the moment they end on here is very tense and it makes you want to keep watching. Maybe they thought they needed something at the end of that last episode.
1: Yeah, not sure what they thought they needed at the end of that last episode. Well,
2: something to bring people back because it was a slow episode. No mechs fought. Tsundere Izak is not like a great, oh, what's going to happen next?
1: That is true. It is a good enough character thing, though, that I'm like, man, I want to see more of Sundere Izak. <laughs> I didn't want you to kill him or anything. Baka.
0: All right. Anything you want to add, Zach? Not really. Okay.
2: So what's your high point then, Tyler?
1: Oh, ah, uh, hmm. Consideration noises. I would probably have to give it specifically to Blaze Face two or three seconds before she pulls the
0: trigger. It's a really good one. Zach? Millie's mental breakdown. Yeah, that's trying to stab really Diarca. It's really good. Um, let's see. What do I want
2: mine to be? I really like Kira's PTSD breakdown. The crying, the shaking. Also Black is really comforting good.
1: him. There are a lot of good scenes in this show that are just, like, horrendous, awkward, emotional moments, and I love every second of it. Do you have a low point, Tyler? Yes, but I'll have to
0: get back to you on that. I think I'm going to steal yours before you can do it. Okay, we'll see.
1: Zach, I have a feeling I know
0: what yours is, but you want to go? The total lack of explanation for Kira's survival. Yep. Yeah, he,
1: he planted a seed for his future life. Th- that might that be <laughs> the low point of the series. To
2: be honest, it doesn't bug me nearly as much as it bothers you. I know it. But it
1: do you include annoys me
2: as part of the series? No, okay.
0: like. It really, really irritates me that he his survival is not explained.
2: Mine is poorly drawn shower
1: scenes for no reason. Oh, I completely forgot about that. That was so out of place. Doink. <laughs> <I> d- <laughs> nope. No, that's not mine, though.
0: Yeah, um, that it was that, that is not... There's, like, like the series I has under- done that before and done it better. I can see stuff like that being, okay, I'm not averse to a little bit of eye candy, but when they're not really... In place or really used for a reason? Or it's just annoying. It and that's yeah. a weird
1: character to sexualize. I just there are so many weird things with that. I did. I literally did not realize it was Natara. Her face was like entirely the wrong shape. And that's anyway. Mine is actually after. So there's like a lot of dramatic tension building. We get a little bit of political intrigue going on, and then we cut back to Lacus's garden. And we get the stupid mechanical dog and all the horrors. <laughs> I think that's my low point. <laughs>
2: All right, so before we move on, we have got to put the Zoot on this list. It's got to happen. Which we have, one is the Zoot? It's Zoot's? the artillery one. It's got the shoulder
1: cannons. It's red. Uh, I almost... Are these the ones that Waldfeld as like, why these? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I
2: like the idea of a artillery mobile suit. I really like the idea of specific use mobile suits and artillery in particular, but this one doesn't do much for me.
0: I prefer the shockwave, so I don't like this one very much. It's a little Just too... Damn it. I know I prefer the the Shockwave's Battletech.
2: Either way, I don't like it. How do we think it compares to the gen? Because I honestly don't think it's as good as just the
1: regular gen. I don't either. I agree with that. Partially, though, I just really like the gin.
2: What about the Zuno,
1: which you seem to have grow on you? <laughs> Zuno! Um, like I said, it looks a lot cooler out of the water because it's a hulking badass. Probably didn't get as much of a moment to shine as it should have because it got defeated by a mobile suit that was not made to operate underwater and was captained by a pilot I don't care about his face because it's under a beard. But you didn't answer the question about how it... Compared to it? Now, um, I-, I think I like the Zuno better than the Zoot.
2: Same here. Okay. Next on the list is the goon, and I think I like it more than the goon. The other
1: underwater suit? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the goons are really lame, in my opinion. They're so. just
2: bad gogs, and the gog is not a great suit. So the zoot goes at number 17, above the goon and below the zono, breaking up the water.
1: Zono. Zono. I feel like reviews of that joke just went too much. Zono.
2: All right. So that about does it for this episode. It's another one in this slow little series, but I really love these slow emotional episodes we're getting. So next time, we get a clip episode.
1: Uh, Another one? Is this our third clip episode? It's the fourth if
2: you count the two that the series has skipped. It is by far the best clip episode.
1: Oh, okay. It, I'm being
2: that's a little like... facetious when I say it's a clip episode. Okay, that, that's not high praise, though.
0: Kind
1: of, it's the best but it's
0: kind of, sort of, of it. like a clip episode in the way this one was a clip episode. Yeah,
1: there was a lot of reused footage in this, but given that it's for PTSD flashbacks, I'll forgive it. This next episode has
2: like a clip episode structure to explain why there are so many flashbacks, but the flashbacks do
1: further the story. Okay, I'll give them that.
2: So join us next time when we watch episode 33 Gathering Darkness. It's a very generic episode title.
0: Bye. It was a mistake leaving him in Sick Bay for so long. And then, of course, there's the fact that he was briefly left unattended.
1: Yes. Firearms management is lax. We'll have no choice but to report this incident as well. You're right. Add it to your report. Captain. Please try to understand. I'm not criticizing you out of any kind of personal dislike.
0: I'm merely trying to point out the vital importance of maintaining some
1: semblance of order. And that doesn't change simply because of field promotions or emergency situations. I understand the principle anyway.
2: This has been a last podcast production, copyright 2019.
1: No, Athren just looked up and saw two dogs going at it in the yard <laughs> and can't look away.
0: <laughs>
1: and now. <laughs> he's discovered something about himself. <laughs>
2: um, what was I going to say in response to, I lost my chain of thought. Yay. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs>
1: are you okay, man? Yep. Hell you? I think it was just his glasses, but yeah, it no, sounded I, like I, I was much closer to this than I expected and whacked my glasses on the pop filter.
0: Meliaria. Aria, Mary I, 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 I... I, I don't know if her name is supposed to be Mirialia or Milia, because or, they call her, like, Millie for an abbreviation. It's Miliaria, but, but R and L are the
2: same letter in Japanese, spe- effectively. So it's Mirialia, but Millie is a shortened version of that. They could do it the way the Spanish would call her Miri.